Hi, welcome back to the Wild Room podcast. I had some really big plans for this podcast when I moved to Ithaca six months ago, and I thought that life was going to slow down. In some ways it did, and honestly, kind of drastically from how I was living before in New York City. Um, But I've also been really focused on just being here and being in school and recovering from living in New York City because it was crazy. Um, I had to put this podcast to rest. A ton has happened since then, and I'm so excited to be working on this again. Um, As my work and focus has been shifting, I'm moving things in a new direction, generally less birth-focused and just more conversations in our bodies, about our bodies, and about living in this world and navigating that while also occupying a body and what that means. It's different to each of us. We all have such unique stories, and I've witnessed how much we're so desperate to connect and share. Whenever I've seen that space open up, there's such an outpouring of storytelling, and I really want to create more of that space for people to feel safe to do so. Um, So this season... I'm talking to people about their bodies, whatever that means to them. There's some really profound and transformative embodied experiences about menstruation, sexuality, abortion, birth, body image. We've all got stories and I want us to feel safe and empowered to share. So this season is kicking off with an interview that I did back in June with my friend Felicia. Felicia came to a class that I put on at Flower Power in the East Village called DIY Gynecology. We really hit it off, and I just think that she's a powerful witch. Um, Before I left New York City, actually, she did a natal chart reading for me that was so informative and so dense. We sat in this coffee shop for, I think, like three hours going through everything. Um, I 10, 10 out of 10 would recommend. She actually does these virtually as well as in person, so you should absolutely get in touch with her and do one. It's so eye-opening. Um, in this podcast, we talk about her first period, her connection to her body and to menstruation, and how that's influenced her sexuality and the work that she does today. Felicia is a New York City birth doula, an energy healer, an astrology guide, an enthusiast, and all-around feminist witch. She started the Red Collective in 2016, uh, which is an ongoing anthology of portraits of bloodstained panties along with stories of womanhood. And I'm saying that funny because I'm saying that with a B as in womb. This is womb-centered path to womanhood. Uh, the project was inspired by her own inner journey of womanhood after a disconnecting experience via birth control. Diving deep into her own connection to her female body and its magic led her down the doula path where she aspires to support women in their own empowerment and autonomy. She practices shamanic energy healing out of Awakening in Greenpoint, um, where she also hosts new moon circles every month. And she also offers astrology and energy readings through the Lunar Rising, which is her Instagram account and also her website, lunarising.com. I'll leave that information in the show notes so that anybody who wants to can get in touch with this queen. Um, I really hope you enjoy this episode. If you feel like you have a story that you would like to share, I'd love to hear from you. So please reach out. It's really any person, any type of story. I want to create the space to share, and I'm so interested to hear what you have to say. I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Felicia, and I'll talk to you later. lucky in the sense that like I've had a pretty regular cycle throughout my whole life um and but my relationship to myself has changed via that and I was on birth control for many years so I got my period for the first time like right when I turned 11 like that month which is pretty early like not obscenely like I knew a few people before that but like it was definitely earlier and um I was really lucky because my mom like 
her reaction to it was like celebration that's awesome so yeah I was kind of like okay this thing's happening I didn't think much of it I was like I guess this is normal like this is a thing I didn't think deeply about it I was fine with it I think I was a little weirded out but it was okay and like she like took me shopping and like got me gifts and was just like so excited about it so I think that my mom being like very celebratory about all things feminine Mm -hmm. was helpful um and it was compatible with my brand of femininity too so I was lucky like she used to put bows in my hair all the time and like if that was not my brand that would probably not be great but it happened to be it so it was it worked out well so there was always sort of this celebration with femininity through passed down to me which felt inherent in me and also something that she gave me so that's I know that's been a foundation for me and that's been super helpful um and also when she would talk about like her birth with me I was definitely the easiest. I was, I mean, it was in a hospital, but like with nothing, it was like six hours long. That's amazing. She was at the, she was at the hospital for like two hours, I think, till I was born. She got there at like noon and I was born at like 2.30. And I think like she went into labor at like 7 a.m., something like that. I don't know, maybe 8 a.m. Are you the Um, first? Okay. Second. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My brother was, like, 24 hours. I think there was a little bit of Pitocin with my brother. Um, So, yeah, she always just spoke fondly of, like, the birth story. I know I was, like, the best breastfeeder. And, like, so there was always, like, this bond. And I was her first daughter. She had another daughter, my sister, nine years later. So, like, it was really just me and my brother for a while. And so, like, we definitely had that special bond. And I think that's really been a foundation for me. Um, in terms of my identity and how I think about myself and that like things that are feminine are good. Like that was always good. Um, So yeah, I got my period. And then I remember in like sixth and seventh grade, you know, having my period every month. And I remember getting really emotional before. And then like, if a teacher like said something to me, I'd like break down in tears. And I felt like the world was crashing down on me. And it was like, I can't tell anyone I have my period. I can't tell them that's why I'm crying. I can't tell, like, I remember just feeling like, And if I needed a tampon, like this, like super sneaky, like nobody can see it. I have to run to the bathroom and like, yeah, that's such a funny thing. Like, how can I hide this? Like sneakily grab it out of my bag, hide it in the palm of my hand, like not let anyone hear the rapper. It's so silly. It's so silly. And like that, that is so common and like that like now or like even in high school I would just like grab one I didn't care if someone saw me holding it in my hand but I remember like when I was younger that being like I don't know where that mess I mean well that's a whole nother discussion (laughs) where that messaging comes from because it's all over but I think like my thing and when I have children or like I mean I work with really little children but when I have children of my own or daughters it's like that's gonna be something that's totally fine that's something that needs to be discussed I think um, what do they call it? Menarchy? Like when you yeah. first. Yeah, I think that sort of entryway needs to be more examined. Um, and so, yeah, I remember feeling a lot of shame around it or like someone was going to see or someone was going to know that I had my period and that was bad for some reason. And that really affected me. And and I know it affected a lot of people, but it's like, where, what is that about? So then. Um, I think when I was 15, I went on birth mm-hmm. control and I was on it more or less. There were a few breaks with maybe like two or three months in between, but mostly on it until the age of 24. Wow, yeah. Where you, did you go on it initially because of being sexually active or because of like hormones? I wasn't cool. Well, I had someone at the time and I knew I was gonna have sex soon so that was like yeah yeah (laughs) but I was like mom I don't want to get acne (laughs) (laughs) and she she like didn't bat an eye like the second I asked for it she was like okay like she didn't it didn't matter why she was just like that's amazing that's a whole funny conversation too like I feel like I mean I don't know if you had this experience but just talking about anything body stuff you had to like work up the courage to do so like 
I need birth control. Yeah. I have well, my a dad's period. A oh, that's great. Maybe. <laughs> my dad's an endo. My dad's an endocrinologist. Okay. So he's a hormone doctor. So actually, sometimes I'd ask him questions, not my mom. Cool. So yeah, like, I mean, things that were more personal and emotional were to my mom, but like actual bodily things when I was like, is this working right? Like I would go to my dad, which is that's kind awesome. Of funny. Like even about period stuff. Yeah, that's a great resource to have. <laughs> Yeah, and I forget that, like, other people, I'm like, you don't ask your dad about your period. <laughs> You're like, I'm pretty sure my dad doesn't know that I've ever bled. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was strictly medical stuff. But I think growing up in a household with doctors, and my mom comes from, like, her dad was a doctor, and then all my uncles are doctors. Like, it's a huge doctor mm. family on both sides. Um, so, like, bodies were, that was never a weird thing. Like, bodies are bodies. So there's definitely, like, an openness in terms of just, like, bodies in my household. Um, And then with birth control, I think, yeah, like, nobody bat. They were like, it could clear up your skin. Why not have a period every month regularly? Like, there was no question. And I knew it would be fine. So, I mean, I went on it because I didn't want to get pregnant. That was my intention. (laughs) Because I was like, I know I'm going to be having sex soon. So I need to... Remember, pregnancy was, like, the worst thing that could ever happen back then. It was, like, the level of shame around, but, yeah, that's also another discussion. But I was, like, okay, let's avoid this. Um, I don't ever want to have to worry about that, so let me do this. Um, There was really no, it wasn't even that strong of a, like, I don't know. It was just, like, of course, go on birth control. No pregnancy, great. Yeah, it's not even, like, a conversation or real, like, thought process. It's just kind of a thing that you do. Right. Yeah. Um, So I say I went on it a little bit before most of my friends, but then eventually, like within the year, I think pretty much like everyone was on it. Um, And that was great. And I think birth control is a super empowering tool for a lot Mm -hmm. of people. And then for a lot of people, it's not. And I had to learn that for myself. I think it was at that age, for sure. Um, But yeah, so, you know, the thing with birth control that a lot of people still don't understand, even friends who are still on it now, and obviously you know this, is that you do not ovulate. Yeah. Like, you might be getting a period. It's like a phantom mm-hmm. period. It's like you're, you're, you take away the hormones and then your body's just like, okay, I got to bleed this out. Like, there's no ovulation. Like, half of our men, it's not just a period every month. Like, we go through a whole cycle, right. you know? Um there's phases there's you know it's like the moon and we're missing the full moon it's like you go straight into just new moon and then like some light and like new moon it's just yeah exactly it's a little bit strange and I've definitely since coming off of birth control I've gotten to know my ovulation cycle as well and that's just as important to me um energetically and also your emotions change like it's it's powerful. Yeah. I think um, that's where the problem with birth control lies. Like, I agree that it is a really important tool, and I really struggle with it, especially these days where I feel like pretty anti-hormonal birth control, but it's not really mm-hmm. the birth control itself. It's just the way that people are put on it without being informed, and yes. and that it is such a, like, of course I do this, but we're not understanding right. First of all, not understanding our bodies enough to, like, understand how to regulate or how to know, like, when things aren't going well, but also the fact that Mm -hmm. you don't understand what actually happens when you're on birth control and how that's going to affect you long term. And I think science doesn't even really know that either. (laughs) Right. And they say, oh, you can get pregnant after birth control. And of course, I've I've heard of people getting pregnant on birth control. There's, you know, nothing is 100% effective, but you you just completely like for nine years I didn't have a cycle like a Mm -hmm. proper cycle I had like a weird phantom thing going on if anything or just completely stopped I also had the IUD which we'll get there but um that there's no like your body even just I mean I'm always coming from a more spiritual perspective but like this is medical too like you just the most like important cycle you just like stopped for years and then you're like okay body get back to normal like it can't it's not like a machine that way you know like it takes time to adjust and 
it's it's a whole ecosystem and you just you know sort of blocked a major yeah. pipe and so uh, and so other parts of the ecosystem are affected it's like it can take a while and and i i also don't think there's proper and i don't know if they've done enough studies i don't know if they've released the right studies i don't know i'm a little bit suspicious of it cuz I think it can affect people in very different ways and like it can affect fertility yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, it's, I think it's, it goes back to like a lot of ways that we're taught to treat our bodies these days. It's just like a machine that, you know, turn it on and off and it will always function exactly as you want it to, but that's definitely not the right. case. And, and yeah, I mean, some people do get pregnant right away, but A lot of people I've been Mm -hmm. seeing, especially like working at Flower Power, people struggling with their infertility and expecting that everything's going to go back to normal and then realizing like, oh, the pill was a cover for my signs of PCOS that I had as a kid and things like that. And then Uh now you're having to deal with Mm -hmm. them when you're also in the thick of trying to get pregnant and it's a mess. Right. And like endometriosis. Yeah, totally. It's, Yeah. Fertility is a huge issue too. And I think because we're so programmed to avoid it for so many years, we, we harm it in later. um, We don't get to know the rhythms and cycles of our bodies and it's just, yeah, it's, and then obviously there's like the money incentive behind birth control. But I mean, I fully, I'm like birth control should absolutely be available to everyone at all times. It's an amazing tool when it's the right yes, tool for you. Yes, when it's the right um, tool for sure. But not, exactly. But when you're, when it's keeping you from getting to know your body in a way that might be beneficial for you, then there should be other avenues of, of learning and yeah, exploring. Yeah, I really think that, um, the fertility awareness method and like cycle tracking, even just that, even just cycle tracking should be taught in schools in conjunction with sex yes. ed and, um, you know, just information about birth control. It should be just as readily available. Right. And no one knows the phases. Nobody knows ovulation is a major point. Yeah. You know, it's the halfway point. It's like, and, and there's actual physical signs of that, too. And also the fact that up until I'm not even kidding, up until like maybe five years ago, I thought, no, maybe a little bit longer, six or seven. I don't know. Up until like at least I was 20. I thought you could get pregnant. At any oh, point me too. My understanding of my body has changed drastically in like two years. Like I feel like I had so many misunderstandings until – shockingly recently <laughs> like there's a very small window you yeah can get pregnant. actually had dinner with friends a few months ago all in their 30s and we were talking about um birth control and I was saying about how I, like a few of them were getting off of it and I was talking about how well you can only get pregnant a few days a month so cycle tracking is actually really effective and they were all just like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you can only get pregnant that many days a month. And I was like, oh, my God. And that is the standard idea. Like most people, I feel like I wouldn't know anything if I hadn't become a doula. Like that's when things opened up. Yeah. And that's crazy mm-hmm. that it's that inaccessible that you have to like come into this really niche part of work in order to like right. get information. <laughs> And it's like the you know the history of like the wise woman, the witch being killed, and that being a total metaphor for her being killed within society or at least Western society, and us losing our our knowledge and knowledge is power, and that's you know that's what this is about to me. It's taking our power back, and you know the center of that is our wombs, but also so much more and um to know our bodies is to be powerful, I think I agree. and yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. So let me think what, okay. So birth control for many years and I, I've always, I've pretty much always had a boyfriend, um, usually a long-term one since I was like 14. Honestly. <laughs> um, with like, there was like a year I was single when I was like 20, 24 and a half of, and most of 25, 24 and 25, I'd mm-hmm. say. And then recently I've been single, but, um, so 
I, I was usually with a partner. So that also, um, that sort of changes the story too, because I know some people, their sort of like sexual expression is more vast and varied than mine. And so that's a different story, but I know for me, um, I went off. So, okay. So I got the IUD after one of my really long-term relationships and I was like, Oh, this sounds like an even better birth control. I don't have to. So I was about 24. I don't have to take a pill every day. Um, apparently, apparently this is lower hormone as if I even knew what that meant or cared. Um, it sounded good. Um, let me get this. And also sometimes you don't even get your period. That sounds great. That was literally my thought process. It was like, why not switch it up? This sounds cool. Like I went to that appointment. Um, I think it was August, 2015, August or early September, 2015. And it was the most painful experience. And I have a high tolerance Mm -hmm. for pain. I was like, I heard it might hurt a little. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm like, not a scaredy cat of pain. I'm good. The pain was so deep. It was like a spiritual pain. It was physical. It was emotional. And I like, I, I can like shake thinking about the pain of like opening the cervix when it doesn't want to open and putting something up there. I totally, I had one as well. And I, I felt the same way. I felt like for days, I just felt like something foreign was in me and I just couldn't figure out how to like move my body even in the, in a way that felt natural. It was crazy. It was, I was sick for 24 hours. Not even like I wasn't throwing up. I couldn't move. It was like I had a fever, but I didn't. And I, yes, it was so wild. And I remember this was, and I've always been really spiritual, but not like in the way that I am now, like not as like, I'd say dedicated or like Mm -hmm. in practice. And I remember right when it went in and right after like the horrible, horrible pain subsided and I was just like shaking in pain, but okay. I remember I literally heard a voice in my head and I knew it came from my womb say, why did you do that to me? Like, and with like tears, like it was, it was crying to me and I knew it was like, I knew it sounds so crazy. I knew my womb was speaking to me and she was like, why did you do that? Like you hurt me like in the sad. sad. (laughs) And I, I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. But then I was like, okay, this will pass. And like, I had it in for eight months. Um, That was all I could stand. And I'm surprised I even lasted that long. I was like, okay, period went away immediately. I bled a little bit after that procedure and then never, not even a spot of blood for like months. And I, at first I was like, oh, this sounds cool. And then I was like, this is horrible. I literally felt like I blocked a pipe of like my intuition. Mm -hmm. I blocked a pipe of of my whole my whole endocrine ecosystem like I never had acne in my life I had I started getting these cheek hormonal acnes my face changed shape to a shape I didn't like I gained weight not in a horrible way but like in all the places just enough that I hated my I couldn't look at myself Mm -hmm. kind of thing it wasn't a lot from the outside world I didn't look horribly different but to me I did not even look like myself I didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel beautiful. I didn't feel radiant. And it wasn't just like, it wasn't like, oh, I look bad. It was internal. I totally relate. Uh, Yeah. It's, I Mm -hmm. think, I think that's a really big side effect of it that not as many people really talk about. Like it's, I do think it is, it it blocks you in a way. Um, And I I had mine for the full five years and I didn't, yeah, I don't think I registered that until one day. Like it was like a slow burn for me that just like broke me down Mm -hmm. until I was like, I think that this might be the reason it's, and ever since I got it out, I've been, you know, I feel like slowly recovering, but it has made an immense Mm -hmm. difference. Mm-hmm. And how old were you when I you got it, it when in? I was, hmm, it was 2013, like 21, 22. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I would have been like great at that age, you know, I was just on the pill then though. So it was fine. 
But yeah, no, didn't bat an eyelash. Um, did you? Have I Marina did. I had the Marina. That's what I had too. Um, and I remember being like, I remember asking my dad, and I was like, Dad are you sure he was like the marina's very low it's local hormonal which like what the that's what that my um doctor told me as well and i think that's absolute bullshit like and it's i heard someone say that the other day as well system. they were like it's great it stays local blah blah, blah. and just like that doesn't local. yeah it's, it's in your like, body all the time i was like and all the side effects I was having were side effects that you shouldn't have from the marina. But I was like, I'm definitely having them from yeah. the marina. Like, and these are all hormonal side effects. And like, literally something's in my womb. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not a baby or an egg. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have many physical side weird. effects, but I did have a lot of mental side effects. And mm-hmm. that's what the yeah. pill was for me too, which is why I was off that. Um, and I thought that the IUD was going to be like the game changer, but it was not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. And it also it really messed up my sexual, like cycling, yes. my sexual mm-hmm. drive and like mm-hmm. uh, my libido in a way. Now I was single at the time but I wasn't, I've never had, like, that many part. like, I prefer being with someone when I'm in a relationship, but I did, like, have some partners at the time, um, and I just, like, wasn't in, I was, like, turned off by my own sexual, I was, like, I'm just not myself, and because I've always been really sexual and, mo- and very comfortable with that, um, at least within myself, um, and so, yeah, I just, I, I was like, all my, like, my whole, like, mode, like, my vitality is off, like, my radiance is turned off, like, my sunshine is off. It was, it was really hard. Yeah, I had that experience um, as well. And I think a lot of people do. And I really think that that's, I mean, I hate to get, like, conspiracy theorist about it, but I do think it's important oh, to I'm think about. Yeah, right? Like, I feel like it's a tool to keep women down and yes when it's used mindlessly like that and just was this thing that you just do it should not be a thing that you just do it should be a tool that's used with consciousness and um empowerment because if you're using it because maybe you come from you know whatever your lifestyle is you know what birth control is you know it's right for you you know your body that's Mm -hmm. great that's amazing that like it's a blessing but you know for some people it's just something you do and you don't really need to or and and then I'm on it since I'm 15 so I don't even know my full cycle exactly that's what I think is the scary thing and that and then you know people are on it for a decade or more and come off and then they're like oh my god what is happening what is my body right and and so I knew I also had this really spiritual awakening experience soon after I got the IUD and not connected. Um, I had like a Kundalini awakening experience at the end of 2015 that just completely changed me forever. And I remember being like, I know I need to get this out soon. Like I knew... It, it wasn't like connected to it, but like in that like sort of spiritual awakening, I was like, okay, time to, and I was really like being much more and more my authentic self and not really caring what people thought or caring less, I should say. We always care. Um, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta get this out. So I waited a few months and I think I got it out in June of 2016. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I wasn't very sexually active during the time that I had it. Um, but I, yeah, I got it out and um, it took six weeks and I could not wait to bleed. I had never, and I remember when I bled six weeks later, it took six weeks, um, I like cried. And that six weeks is not too bad. No, I'm really lucky because before I even ever went on birth control, you know, I had, I was off, I had my period from age 11 
to 15 without birth control. Mm -hmm. So that's a while. And it was always pretty much every 28 days. But I I would bleed for about a week. And even on birth control, I'd bleed for like the allotted time. It sort of has you bleed, which is like six days. It was not usually a week. It was like six days, I'd say. Um, And what's crazy is once I went off the IUD and knew I was never going to have birth control again. I I really, unless there was some like deep medical reason, like, so I don't know, but otherwise I'll never have it again. And I, I bled and I had this, because I was like on this path, I had a little jar. I got the diva cup. I was like, which is a menstrual cup for people Mm -hmm. who don't know. It's just one of the brands. Um, And I would collect my blood and I would put it in a jar. And I was like, no more tampons, no more any, no more of this like clogging. Like no more clogging the system because like that's sort of what a tampon is too. And it has, it could also kill you. It's just like, no, thank you. I was like, let me get the menstrual cup. And I loved, I, every time I bled, I was just like in ecstasy. My, my acne went immediately went down. I was able to lose the weight. It took a little bit of time. It wasn't like a lot of weight, but like it was a lot for me. Um, It took a little bit of time. My face changed back like, you know, over a couple of months back to like what it actually looks like. My skin was better. Just it was so much better. And I was collecting my blood and I started painting with it. And I was just like, oh, my God, I have me back. That's amazing. Yes, I'm back. And during that time, I started this um Instagram page called the Red Trace mm-hmm. Collective if anyone wants to check that out I was collecting friends and or people or not even friends people who just heard of it um there I'm gonna use like quotes around the word stained because like our panties even stained if it's blood like it's just normal yeah like I don't need a stain just has a negative connotation but like for all intents and purposes they're stained panties and I would take portraits of them and then I would collect their first names and their story and it could be anything some people gave an abortion story some people gave like just like a wonderful story about their period it was just like a time to share and I wanted to create this platform that we could just talk about this thing that's been so quieted and is such a innate part of us as women that's amazing that's a really cool project yeah like if you have any panties I'll I'm still waiting for my period (laughs) to come back but I will once it does (laughs) right yeah um so that was that and then I was in a relationship for a year and a half or plus pretty recently um and I was not that was my first relationship where I was not on um well my first serious relationship that I was off of birth control completely Mm -hmm. Um, and what did that look like how would that work for you yeah um just pulling out and I felt very comfortable with that I also only started tracking my ovulation at the end and I knew my body well enough I knew I wasn't like a serious spam person yet but I knew I had a cycle every 27 days and it was exact and so I knew um that he didn't even have to pull out sometimes. And I knew Mm -hmm. when that would be. And I was pretty comfortable with that. Um, I don't know how comfortable he was. So I was extra safe about it. Yeah, I was going to ask because that's always been a thing. And I I think that's a another conversation to like mm -hmm. navigate partners. Right. And explaining to them. Exactly. I think he he just fully trusted me to trust myself. So that was well, that's amazing. I didn't need to like explain. Yeah, I didn't need to explain it. Um, he definitely trusted me. Um, and so, yeah, so, it, and also, but this is the thing. This this whole conversation around birth control is so tied in to children because you are, when you're having sex, I mean, the only way to, like, not have a pregnancy for sure is to abstain okay and most of us are Mm -hmm. not going to do that so we do have to consider the option of getting pregnant and because I don't I haven't much at all especially in like since I was 25 or 24 even 
I don't, I haven't really slept with anyone uh, that isn't my Mm -hmm. partner, I'd say since I was 25. Um, And I know casual sex is not for me. And I so respect all the people that it is for. It's not my brand. I, it's, that's just not how I relate to it. It's something, they don't need to be like my partner for sure. But like, there needs to be a special innate connection between us two for me to engage at all. So with that being said, generally it ends up being a partner or it is a partner. And in that case, I've considered what would happen if I get mm-hmm. pregnant. Um, and I would discuss that with them too. Um, of course, you don't really know until right. you are. Um, so it's just an idea. But I felt comfortable like, I felt comfortable with those risks and I also felt comfortable trusting my body. I never got pregnant and I'm sure I'm really fertile. It doesn't, you know, I have a really regular cycle and I've also been checking my ovulation. I definitely ovulate every month around a similar time. Um, So, you know, we were generally pulling out around then. There was sometimes that it was cutting it a little close um, and it was okay. Like, and I know for lots of people get pregnant that way. Um, But I think the more you get to know your body and there's no, there's no, it's not a like cut and dry sort of mathematical thing. You know, your body, you know, the cycles and rhythms of your body. And you know, the, when you know the way the body works on top of that, you understand what risks you're taking and how to take them and how to avoid them and honestly pulling out if they're if the if the man is really good at it it's generally a pretty good I'm I I know some people argue with me but like it's worked for me for years yeah (laughs) and that's I mean that's the most important thing and, and like being able to have the space to figure out what works for you is so important Exactly. And then around this time with my last partner, um, around the middle of our relationship, I'd say I was getting really into not be not because of the relationship or not consciously because of the relationship, but I was getting really into like birth. And like, it was almost like a closeted obsession mm-hmm. for a while that just like blew up at the start of this year, the end of last year, where I was just like, birth. it's such a funny thing. Um, I think that's how it is for a lot of people. You're like, you know secretly curious about it forever and then it just explodes and takes over your life (laughs) right exactly and you're just and you don't know how to because when you explain that they they just think you're trying to get pregnant I'm like no like actually not at all I'm actually so not right now I mean I do want to get pregnant eventually but like that's so not it it's like a whole nother it's just like building off of everything woman and um yeah and I remember I bought accidentally on my dad's Amazon I like used his because he was signed into Amazon I thought it was my Amazon and I bought like a a basal body temperature thermometer Mm -hmm. um to like start measuring that and my parents were like they literally like my mom texted me she was like listen we just think you should get married before you you try to have a baby and I was like I almost got really triggered at first where I was like what why does this make you think that I'm trying to get pregnant and I realized oh well that's the reason why other people get to know their body is for a function and I was like no the opposite opposite. (laughs) I'm literally just trying to know my cycle so I can better know myself and I I hated like it bothered me that I had to explain that but it was also totally fine and I was like this is you know it's our right to know our bodies without needing an explanation. Yes. Oh, say that again. <laughs> yeah, it is our right to know our bodies without needing an explanation to give people. Like, yeah. simple. It's just that. And then obviously around birth work blowing up, so too does herbalism. And I mean, you're... <laughs> I was like, when I met you, I was like, oh my God, she works at Flower Power. She's like, doula. She's so cool. She knows all the things. She gets it. <laughs> Um, and, um, but yeah, and also with herbalism, it's so cool because, you know, if you think that you might've, you know, if you're practicing fam, if you're already, you know, knowledgeable 
as you can be with your body and you're practicing fam and you were like okay well that was on day six that feels a little too close because sometimes I ovulate on day 11 but usually it's day 16 you know what I mean if it's like that then we'll just drink a bunch of mugwort or drink or not that that's gonna for sure do anything but at least you have these other yes and I think I mean that's something that I really want to get working on with getting that sort of information out especially with what's going on politically with abortion um Mm -hmm. you know I think it can be really tricky to do herbal abortions I think that's a space that can be Mm -hmm. like really risky um and like putting that information Mm -hmm. out is is hard because some people don't do it correctly and it can be incredibly dangerous it can be hard but there are ways of like just being conscious about bringing on your bleeding every month and realizing like this could have been a tricky situation so maybe I should add that mugwort or you know that sort of thing um things that are right or like pre-implantation or pre like right and like as it's a chemical pregnancy they say you know like being able to yeah be conscious about bleeding that that next month um so you can even catch things like instead of needing maybe to take plan b if it wasn't you know i mean that's fine too but there's you know there's other things like oh this was cutting it close i think it's good to use herbalism when you're already pretty knowledgeable about your cycles in your body and I think it's a really good tool for that but I I don't think it's I I think it can be very gray and dangerous um if you are not knowledgeable about your cycle about your body you know and it's just it's another function and it's like well this affects other parts of your yeah exactly I think it's not a good idea to jump from like not knowing anything or doing anything and then just like chugging mugwort is not a good it's not a good way to do things but I do think that there are so many ways that we can manage that it's it's all just education and making sure that you understand your body and then can like react in that way rather than being like immediately reactive with like a big band-aid to cover up all these things right exactly and also like there's so much less anxiety when you know your body and I think I you know again I'm speaking from my point of view who like the people I engage with sexually are generally Mm -hmm. my partner um and so there's a level of like safety if something were to happen I feel support you know like and I I realize that's not the case for everyone um yeah so I do want to just mention that like it's 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 pretty lax for me um, and I feel very privileged to have access to things if I want them. Um, but I realize it's not the case for everyone, but I think especially with all the politics of it that are just so horrifying right now, um, knowledge is Absolutely. power and being able to just talk about our stories and our bodies and not as these things we're so disconnected to, but these things that like move through us and really are the key to um, our power, especially as women, um, that's like the most important thing. Yeah, totally. And and I do think, I mean, I'm, I really appreciate you saying that, that it is a privilege to have a partner that you trust, but it, it shouldn't be. And also, I think it can be a really good tool to like weed through the people you probably don't want to be spending your time with. <laughs> Like yeah. if somebody can't handle yeah. the fact that that's what you're doing and that you are an empowered person who trusts their body and understands it, if they're too afraid, then like that's that's another conversation. Like you know, right? And exactly. I, and I do think that, like I think. Oh wait, you what'd you say? Okay. Sorry, I couldn't hear you. I, I think that people who don't believe like men are definitely still subject to this. They, they should absolutely know. Kaylee, I can't really hear I'm you. Sorry. And now I can. Uh, now I can. Now That's I weird. Can. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah. Yeah, I think you know we're all victims of this system, but. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's so important to start with the education. That is power. Right. And it's the same with, 
and I know you know this as a doula, like with birth work. Um, and I've, you know, most people I've met with, it's mm-hmm. their first. I don't know why. I think that's just a coincidence. Um, and but even like a client who was her third, like she was just learning about this stuff, you know, and you know, you come across so many pregnant women who are like, what's Pitocin? What is, you know, like, what is birth? Like, what actually happens? And, you you know, it's, I, I my most important thing is just that they feel educated mm-hmm. so that they can make informed decisions because it's all about empowerment. And if you don't have the knowledge, there's no way you can make an empowered decision. Absolutely. There's just no way. And so like my thing meeting with clients as early as possible, and obviously a lot of them are do know a lot and that's fine, but it's being like, okay, here you're about to embark on like one of the most massive things your body's ever going to do. Like literally it's basically a miracle, but it's amazing. And every mammal does it. And, um, and you're about to transition into motherhood, whether it's your first or your third, that's also like a whole spiritual archetypal, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. its own thing and you don't know what's going to happen or or you don't really feel like knowing what's going to happen so you're going to hand it over to someone else who's probably not going to support your transition right. in the most empowered way and it's like I just all I care about at the end of the day beyond all these things that are body related is that women feel empowered I don't care what choice they make I don't care if they want to be on birth control or they want to practice spam. I don't care if they never want to have children or they want to have 15. I just, I just, or if they want an epidural or they don't, it doesn't bother me as long as they know their bodies, they know their choices, they know their decision. Then I feel like my work is like, then I feel like I've done my part. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's such a great point. Um, but that's really like, that's what we can do as doulas. And I think that's kind of all we can do, but it's huge. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, I mean, oh, it's such it a complex huge. thing because it does all, it all just comes back to that same, the same point and the same, you know, like where we become disempowered from the very beginning. And that's what leads to like births, I think, going super medically or yep. just out of the hands totally. of the person who's actually birthing and I think a lot of people think that that's what they want, but I don't know. It's a, it's a commitment to be actively engaged in. Responsibility takes energy. It's not something, you know, it's a commitment. You're right. And like being, taking responsibility for ourselves and our knowledge and our education and our choices. It's not a lazy task. Definitely not. Yeah. It's an active task and the choice is yours to me to not to take the route of not knowing um, while there may be conveniences of like not having to get emotionally engaged in politics or whatever it is, the risks are just the risk of that to me is too high. Like I can't take that. I, I, I got to know, you know, yeah, I agree. Um, and maybe for some people it's not like, I think some people do, they want to just hand it over to the system and they actually are at peace with that i don't know if on a deep level they're at peace i don't with think that, so but like that's yeah. <laughs> no i don't i don't think so either i think there's like a lot of digging to do around there definitely like, yeah for the, for the most part that's that's what's important and i mean i think you know politically and like emotionally and spiritually i'm pretty radical obviously when i'm wearing the doula hat i'm really just there to support and like i can i i think i do a really good job of putting all that aside and just making my mission for the woman to feel like her choices are her own and that's it however my felicia self <laughs> my when i'm not wearing the doula hat is pretty fucking radical and um i think that the only way to the system is patriarchal and the only way to change it is for on an individual basis and then communally to take our power back as women by educating ourselves and by acting on that education um, to, to whatever feels right to us intuitively, authentically. Um, and like for me, I would like 
well it's not that black and white like a to me like a hospital if I were giving birth like I'd go to the hospital if it was literally an emergency otherwise like if my only other choice was like a free birth I probably would yeah yeah you know and but that's me right because I I feel comfortable with that and I there's a lot of women free birthing now or birthing unassisted and I think that's amazing but I think to me the ultimate goal is to bring back the wise woman and to have you know it's fine to have licensed but also unlicensed wise women just supporting women in that sense so that people don't feel like they have to or women don't feel like they have to do everything alone too. yeah I agree because I mean yeah it's it's complicated I I think in a lot mm-hmm. of ways you know trying to get out of the system that's been oppressive can be incredibly isolating because there mm-hmm. isn't another alternative really that's a good one you know that right. feels at least to me that feels like actually right and supportive and it it's a lot of just like forging yep. your own path, which is amazing and can be really empowering, but it's also scary and big and keeps a lot of people away it's from scary. doing it. It's also not ideal. Yeah. I yeah. don't think. I think we are more community based. And like I like I love the idea of like a lay midwife, but like not everyone can pay out of pocket for that too. Absolutely. It's expensive. So it's it's really complicated and I think a lot of women birth within a system even if they know it's not the system they prefer because that's really all that's available for them to what they're comfortable with yeah absolutely and so it's so not a black and white issue but I think the more you need some renegades for sure but like the more we become a community that's supportive of women by first listening to them um, and their stories and their bodies and honoring their choices, then we can work more as a system to support. Like it should, it shouldn't be like each woman, each woman is getting support. It's that like we all sort of within a system support each other. And that's a very different system from what exists Absolutely. right now. Yeah. And I think that's, or at least in the community that I exist in and that you exist in, I see that that, that happening, but it is, when I take a step back, I realize that that's such a small, tiny percentage of the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I hope that the more that we can like talk about our experiences in our bodies, the more that that just opens things up. And I, I do, I do see that. I think you get women together, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like these conversations just evolve immediately. It's like, well. <laughs> They're so they And I think women are desperate for them. Yes. And they don't even know it sometimes. And then you, you can create a space where they talk about it. Like even if it was through my red trace collective or even just talking about it in conversation with other people, like literally in my bedroom, I have a jar of my period blood and it's not there to like, you know, just to push buttons, although I'm happy when it does. <laughs> it's, it's there because it's, it's not something to hide. I'm, I'm proud of it and I'm fine with it. And I always do something spiritual or artistic with it after a couple of months of collecting. And people are like, oh, and then that sort of, they might giggle or laugh or like be totally into it. Um, but at least they were like, it could have given them some sort of connection to themselves too, being like, oh, now like I'll bleed into my underwear and be totally fine. How I don't need to get new yeah. underwear. It's fine. I wash them. Like, I'm happy to see those like quote unquote stains there every month. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a stain. I think it's a really cool thing that you're doing. And I think, yeah, even when you upset people with those sorts of things, like some people probably are actually like upset and disturbed by it, but it still like sparks something in them to, you know, and right. I, and to me, I'm like, I did. So if it upset you, yeah, absolutely. Good. Cause now you're thinking exactly. about it. And it's probably nothing you ever considered before. Like, it's something you'd rather ignore and you shouldn't. Right. And when people say, ew, I totally understand. It is, like, something coming from the body. It is I, – I understand why it could be something gross. But, like, that deep ew, like, it's grosser that it's – like, to me, like, pee is way grosser. But, like, that, like, deep, like, ew, that came from your vagina. I'm, like, the reason you exist is because of what is in this jar right now. The reason why all, like, mammalian life exists is because of this. I don't care if you're a woman or a man. You came from this. Like, 
you do not exist without this blood. You do not exist without this cycle. None of us would be alive. None of us would exist. Like the human race would not continue to exist if this didn't, you know? So like, to me, it's like, this is your life. Like, this is your foundation, like your source. I don't know. It's, it's like deep. I so it it recorded you really quietly. I couldn't hear that. Okay, well. I'll, I'll now, re- I can, now I can hear it. I don't understand. I I do live in a dead zone of service where like I can't actually make phone calls, but I can use Wi-Fi. So this works. Oh, that's probably great. It though. is. I love being disconnected from things, and it's awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna have to come up to Ithaca at some point this summer. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. Um, all I had said, I'm not sure if you heard, was just the that like is still so taboo, and I just think that that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think for me, it's making things not taboo, and um, yeah, just like I think we just need to be authentic in our own connections to ourselves, and that's enough to help other people become authentic in their own connections to themselves and women just women being knowledgeable is women being powerful and that's just that's feels like my dharma in a way like no matter how it comes to play whether it's birth work or something else like that's that's my mission and I think like even when we do become mothers if that's what you plan on I know I definitely feel called Mm -hmm. to that um that even just in the way that we mother will be enough to inspire other people too. It doesn't mean it's the right way, but like being authentic in the way that we mother and knowing how we will mother our children um, is and feeling comfortable and authentic in the way that we do that is, is also so important too. I think it's just about living like if you are a woman and you do express feminine living your life authentically, no, in whatever department is, is going to be the thing that helps other women do that and at the end of the day our bodies are part of that a huge part of that I agree I think mothering can be a really powerful and radical thing to do because you are reshaping the next generation and being able to like reframe a lot of what we were taught that we've had to work to unlearn and that's really really powerful right and I remember you listened to I think it was the the medicine stories podcast with emily saldea like the other day and she actually used this analogy that was so perfect where she was talking about birth work but i think this we you could just be talking about you could be talking about like anything female body related in regards to the system and she was like it's like sex it could be like the most empowering thing or there's like yeah and it's a very powerful tool and it can go either way and i think you know when you start to heal your relationship to your body and your cycle, you will innately start healing your relationship to being a woman and your relationship to your sexuality, because they're all, it's like an ecosystem and they're all connected and you can, you can have a much more empowering relationship to all those things. I mean, they're always a work in progress. They're very sensitive things and they're changing things, but they're all connected and I think the easiest way to get to know yourself is in a very intuitive way and that's just starting to relate to your I'd say even just your period differently and I understand some women don't even get I know you're struggling with that um, or I don't know if the word struggle is right but um, whatever you do have whatever cycle you can connect to even just acknowledging it, I think, is enough in a way that's not just like, Ugh, yeah, you know, in a way that's just, oh, cool, my body's doing what it was designed to do. I think that's what I've, I forget who recommended this to me, but I try to encourage this for other people who are in a similar space as me. But yeah, like connecting to 
some sort of cycle and trying to live more cyclically, I think can kind of spark that. Like hopefully it can help bring things on at least, at least on an emotional and spiritual level, like recognizing the change in the season and the moon cycles and try to like really get into your body and, and notice like the times that you need rest and the times that you need stimulation and responding to that. Yes. Cause that's, I mean, that I think that's one of the greatest things about having a cycle is that it does really reconnect you to, to all of that, like to the earth and to like yes. the, the gentle movements of, of life. Yes, exactly. It, oh, yes. It's honestly just about being a witch, like whether that's your word for it or not, but like that's what yeah, that is. Yeah, it totally is. I know I I really loved that podcast episode. Um, I feel like I'm constantly. Yeah, I was like living for it. Oh, wait, I can't hear you. I, I just paused anyway. Um, oh, no. I oh, but the, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention is when I did take the IUD out, I forgot. And, and I feel very lucky and privileged, but I wonder, I want to talk about this because somebody might be struggling with this. Um, I used to have a six day period and that felt like really long to me. Um, and although my cycle was regular, I don't really know. I was on birth control most of that, but before I was on birth control, it was really regular. Um, and then when I went off birth control completely went off the IUD and I bled again, um, it was coming every 23 days for a couple of months for three days start to finish it would start around 10 a.m like literally like clockwork and then and then slowly my cycle went to 28 days um but my period's always been two or three days since then and it's like a lovely river of blood sometimes there's like some spotting um before after um but it it definitely became more convenient like it it kind of became the period I sort of wanted it to be and I don't know you know, there's no way of, you know, I don't know if that's like completely meta. I, I feel intuitively in myself, it had to do with my own changing relationship to it. It was honoring my wishes because they were coming from a place of not hating it. Yeah. I don't know. So that might, my, my whole period changed to like, a sh- it's, and I get like the river of blood kind of flow for like a day and then I'm good. That's awesome. Um, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. and I like work with like releasing like I use intention I'm like I'm gonna release this stagnant emotion or this I stretch my hips a lot before there's ways where it's just like getting to know your cycle because it's not like it is a sort of for me it is sort of mystical too and you can do a lot of work with it and so that's really special as well and I find that my period actually my cycle would change when I was around my partner like it would extend a few it was like kind of weird if I was around him it would change I've heard that before Um, from other people it was almost like I was it was almost like my body was trying to ovulate more than it yeah (laughs) like that's literally what was happening (laughs) but otherwise it was regular around him it was a little different for sure and I would I never spot but around him I would um So I don't know. That's something to think about. And I definitely noticed that. And I think because I got to know my body so well on that level without a partner, I could see the changes when I was with a partner and with a partner who I felt very nourished by and loved, loved very deeply as well. So it, it will change, I think, depending on where you are sexually as well. Yeah, I agree. And I I think that that's um, really good advice too, is just to, to pay attention to that, even if you don't feel like necessarily, I don't want to say like woke to it, (laughs) but, but yeah, Yeah. it is, there are so many indicators that you can pay attention to and, and really just like slowly start to get reconnected by just noticing simple things. Mm-hmm. that's Absolutely. powerful though that's really cool yeah, yeah. well I don't want to take up too much more of your time but if you would like to say anything else please do um yeah if anybody wants to take a photo of their quote-unquote stained panties 
Um, you can just DM me at the Red Trace Collective if you feel like you want to express your story, if you want to express anything about your womanhood. This is a wonderful platform that you can do it somewhat anonymously. I like to use the first name because um, I like having some level of vulnerability in it being your story, but you could also use your middle name or a name that you connect to. Um, I never do first and last name or tag anyone, obviously. But if you feel like you want to express your story, I have that platform and I love, it's for everyone. It's not mine. It's a platform I created, but it's for everybody. So it's the Red Trace Collective. I'll add that to the show notes for sure. And then if you want to talk any bit about like other work you do, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, because it's powerful. I do. Yeah. Um, I... I do, if anyone is in New York, I do shamanic energy healing, Reiki, you could call it, um, in Greenpoint. I'm going to start doing that most days a week in the mornings. So if anyone's interested in that, um, I do that. I host moon circles at that same spot. It's called Awakening. It's in Greenpoint. It's at 605 Manhattan Avenue. They have amazing workshops there. Um and I'm also an astrologer. I do that. I give natal chart readings. Talk about cycles. Yeah, I did one and um, it was amazing. And I look at it all the time and think about it all the time. Oh, I yeah. Love that. <laughs> yeah. And it's really cool, especially if you're an herbalist too. And just thinking about cycles, I think it's a really, it's a really empowering tool um, for people to have of just getting to know themselves better and in a different way and being able to understand people that they might clash with better um, and understanding that we're all just a part, one part of the whole. Um, and yeah, I love that. And then I also, yeah, I'm also a doula and um, my website is my name. It's FeliciaSokol.com. And I think that's everything I do. Yeah, I'm a birth doula, not postpartum yet. So birth doula. Do you mind just repeating um, your website name again? Yes, it's FeliciaSokol.com. So it's F-E-L-I-C-I-A-S-O-K-O-L.com. Okay. Um, and then all you can contact me for doula work through there. Um Amazing. Thank you so much for talking to me. This was lovely. Thank you so much. I loved being able to talk. Thanks for creating this amazing podcast and this platform to be talking about stuff that's just so important. I'm excited about having it come back to life again. But yeah, thank you for taking the leap. (laughs) Thanks so much, Kaylee. Talk to you later. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.